Welcome back to Genuinely Speaking. We are on episode 6, and today we have our lovely guest Jessica Nangalta. Hello, Jessica. Half a day. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, thank you for being here. So, on this episode, we're going to be touching on food resources and its connection to our healing and our health.、Um, so, this episode came about from my classmate from massage therapy school. Uh, Gabe Huang from Hawaii Healing Arts College, and he initially asked me,、um, What do the people of Guam eat? How do they buy? And what does the food come from? I also do have,、um, I do have the numbers that I had pulled up from my survey. Let me just pause and I'll get that. <laughs> okay, so we're right back.、Um, so, I took a survey on the choice of food resources of, on Guam, and out of 103 participants,、um, there is a majority combination. So there are 63 that chose combination, and, and it runs between imports, personal garden, and local farmers. But the numbers essentially go local farmers are about 53 people, personal gardens are 32, imports are 94. And the combination is 63. So、um, I would say that a vast majority of the people here on Guam heavily rely on imports, and、um, not many, of course, do their personal gardens. And、um, I do feel like a good chunk of us rely on local farmers like you, the、uh, Guam Sustainable. Um, farm to table, or whoever gives food at the, the local flea markets.、Mm -hmm. But、um, yeah, let's dive into our topic. So, for me personally, I feel like、uh, Mother Earth is our first mother and our first healer. She provides us with everything that we need、uh, that's food, that's medicine, the tools that we need to create our shelter, to create.、Um, Even adornments like hats, like the、uh, marmar woven hat, even、uh, the guafek, the、mm -hmm. woven mat, right? Yeah. So, and water.、Mm -hmm. And so,、um, as she provides everything that we need, she gives us the food, the medicine, and she also gives us the、uh, frequency and electromagnetic energy that we need because Mother Earth is electromagnetic. Our nervous systems are also electromagnetic,、um, the nervous system specifically. And the more that we eat clean and、uh, have nutrient dense foods, as well as、uh, take the time to tune into ourselves and our bodies, we're able to tune into that electromagnetic pulse that is within our body.、Mm -hmm. um, and so、um, I feel and I know that a lot of the reason why. We are pulled away from this is because of the way that modern society has us set up. We're always,、um, we're always working to pay bills, to, to purchase food to bring to the table, or purchase materials that we need for ourselves, our children, our family.、Um, so there's the nine to five, there's the stress of having to keep up with our bills.、Um, Yeah, I think one of the things you mentioned really resonates with me、uh, how you talk about electromagnet and, and 
It is really my firm belief, belief in that when we consume food that is grown in our region and our land and the area that, you know, where we're living, uh-huh. it really helps us to connect to the source and to like when we're gardening or when we're um, buying local food that is grown in our area and we're consuming it, it really, it does have that sacred connection between land and spirit and and earth, Mother Earth, and so that is so important. And a lot of the things that we do on the farm here is also to try to connect the um, people with, you know, food to consume, but also invite them in and um, when they volunteer to also help, you know, because not a lot of people have those types of resources around, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe people stay in apartments and, you know, uh, have a harder time to plant in the ground. But so I think that's... um, also important right to keep uh, find a place a space that is um, comfortable for you and to to join up with a co-op or a a farm connect with a farm or a farmer to yeah get back to center yes yes i definitely agree with that and um i i know that when we connect to nature too whether it is being out in the farm, touching the soil with our hands or tending to our plants, whether it's going uh, barefoot in the soil, in the sand, when we connect to nature, it refreshes our energy, it it helps us to distress, it helps inspire us, and it boosts our health, uh, essentially. And so um, I feel that one of the great ways that we as a people or we as a community I feel like the way that we can reconnect with nature with our health and with our wellness is of course through our food and through connecting back to nature whether it be doing community work with farmers like you or starting small community gardens uh, in the villages in between neighbors or even at the apartments or or condos that people stay. So I'm wondering what practical ideas could you give uh, our audience today as ways to to begin that? Um, I think it would be important to reach out to some of these organizations that you mentioned. I mean, you have Triton Farm and Farm to Table and Guahan Sustainable that provide um, resources like heirloom seeds and start really small with just your you know start really small you don't don't like try to go and and plant the whole you know salad bowl that you want just yet right just start small and um, try to find these heirloom seeds or any 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 sorts of seeds just try to stay away from the you know like Home Depot style seeds reach out to Department of Ag. They have lots of inexpensive um, seed sprouts that can help you get started if you're not a person that deals with seeds because I do run into people that have a hard time sprouting their own seeds or it's just too small or, you know, there's all, all types of issues that people run into. But I think um, maintaining a positive attitude mm-hmm. and, um, you know, um, you just got disconnected (laughs) (laughs) but uh uh, yeah start small Mm -hmm. and um ask for help Mm -hmm. and be open to learning and 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 
and know that farming is really all about faith and trust because you're not always going to have um, success when you're farming and planting anything. Mm-hmm. I've had many things die and pass away on me too Mm -hmm. Um, but it just it motivates me to keep trying and keep trying and so even if it fails this one time try it again and don't give up and keep that attitude going Mm -hmm. what would you suggest maybe like I really want to try to inspire our um, our villages like our mayors to to get started with with community gardens because you know the rising price of life (laughs) these days um it'll make it'll make things easier in everyone's pockets and allow us to to kind of have a little a little change in our pocket just by having our own food resources especially within our community um and plus it fosters community it helps people come together and to connect so um if we wanted to think of that idea and possibly you know bring it to our audience like we are today like what would you suggest in that way i think you brought up a good point to ask to reach out to our village mayor because they have like the property listings of maybe open spaces Mm -hmm. around the village um another option is maybe reach out in your village chats i don't know about your village but we do have like a village chat and 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 express interests that you know you want to start one and who knows somebody might have extra land that they is accessible and like secure mm-hmm. um i know in my village talafofo there's a couple of um home gardens that were i mean um community gardens that were started with like uh, miracles g3 group Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um the sustainability office yeah um so there are groups that could help you know nonprofits that um if you're interested to start your own and reach out there too because Mm -hmm. you know they already have some steps and connections that can help Mm -hmm. okay um i also wanted to ask you about um nutrient dense food versus calorie dense food um so from my understanding and research the nutrient dense foods are more of the foods that uh, uh, are natural that are farm grown or homegrown, um where you're putting in uh you know the love it goes into the soil so it's picking up all those nutrients whereas uh calorie dense are more of the processed foods and uh like cakes sugar soda kind of thing um so as as an individual how have you shifted in your food journey with your farming and and your family well um even me that i'm a farmer i don't you know just solely eat off of the farm Mm -hmm. but i i we love to do that with our family and so um one of the things my kids are are part of our gardening process the whole you know every step of the way at home and even at work you know at the on the farm um, we include them so um, they're very much a part of the process from the beginning Um, and I think that's important to really start with our youth and teach them at a very young age to connect with their food and connect with the the planting and and what it takes to um, grow the food that they are consuming Mm -hmm. because you know, not all kids like, you know, I don't know, beans mm-hmm. and look, onions, but if they're planting it, it, they're more inclined to try the things that they have um, 
grown themselves? I don't know if I strayed from your question. No, it's I got distracted. Uh, I guess like, um, yeah, I asked how, how have you come along on your food journey um, with the nutrient dense and the calorie oh. dense? Like, oh, how yes. um, I like I, I do recognize and I understand too that like as much as we would like to have primarily uh, nutrient dense foods like bar the local foods, uh, it's not always feasible mm-hmm. and sometimes the the quick food is the the better one for our schedule or uh, or something like that. But um, yeah, how how have you? How is your f- journey with food with yourself and, and your family? Um, how did you become more aware of your your food and your intake as well as how the natural resources and the natural foods that you grow are better for you and your health and your wellness? Well, I guess starting when I was really young, growing up, like uh, we weren't a well-off family. Like my family were farmers and we did rely on a lot of the food that was grown outside. And and I really loved that. I loved connecting with my family in that way when we're growing and um, collecting the food and also trading with other family members that have like fish and things so eating from the land um, I already had that instilled at a a young age and of course I passed that on to my children Mm -hmm. Um, and um, calorie dense food uh, you know you're like you said convenience is sometimes when we're busy and we're caught up it's just more convenient to get something on the way or go to the store and buy a packaged salad instead of the ones that we grow or Mm -hmm. um but I, I do now into my adulthood, I just in studying um, medicine and studying food, I really uh, learned a lot more that the food we eat and the food that we grow and are especially organically, naturally grown are more um, better for us and our body. And um, it's my it's my firm belief that food is medicine. And before um, taking, you know, omelet or, or other types of medicine, we have to make sure that we're um, also eating clean because it really starts from how we're, we're consuming. So food is medicine and making sure that uh, we, we share that with, with our kids, my children, that, you know, it's, we can't always have the sugar sweets that you see on TV or you go to the store and it's right there at the shelf, right? You yeah. Know, like the sugar crap. Yeah. Um, it's hard because mm-hmm. that advertising is everywhere, you know, those mm-hmm. caloric foods, uh, salty and sugary it's it's everywhere yeah and so yeah. I definitely agree um like I feel like I came very late into um being more aware of what the food is doing to my my body and and I wish that I had picked up on it earlier because um my son Damien he's a he's a very picky eater and so since I learned this late like he's learned it late and He's come a long way where he's much better about eating the, the the vegetables and the fruits and stuff that's different, but um, sometimes it takes some swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, um, I do try and, and let him know and educate him that, you know, the, the food that he's putting in his body is, is directly having an effect on his system. And so we have seen that um, when the pandemic was around, came around we started to eat cleaner and so he's seen his skin issues clear up more as he's eaten more clean and 
So yeah, it's um, and it just feels good. Like you can really <coughs> tell the difference between eating something raw and like fresh versus something packaged, right? You can feel that in in your in a cellular level that you just feel more alive when you're eating fr something like a fresh salad versus a bag of chips. That's very true, and I feel like when uh, I love chips, by the way. <laughs> 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 it just makes you feel better when you eat a fresh salad. Right? Yeah, it does. And like it, it's very true cuz I um I love burgers and and like mm -hmm. <laughs> and um as much as I'd love to go down to our local burger shops every time that I have uh when I'm done like I feel so lethargic and it's hard for me to come back and I really have to clean up my my diet after in order to come back to that whether that's fasting or um or just eating more of the green stuff but yeah it takes so some true. time so true <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also I wanted to t you touched on it earlier about the food as medicine and an omit and like a part of the reason why I wanted to bring this topic to the audience today, too, is because, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of development on the island of Guam uh, that's taking away natural resources um, and replacing it with cement. And so we're not actually allowing Mother Earth to, to grow and to give us the things that we need, as well as those spaces are, are sacred spaces where there is medicine and there is food and if we if we continue to overdevelop our land we essentially lose our resources and um i went on a hike last weekend and there was this biologist there or a hobby biologist i want to say and so he was telling he was informing me that like you know as we cut back on our jungle or we allow this borderline to happen to our jungle, our jungle doesn't grow back past that. You know, it's harder for our jungle to recover and, and to make its way back. And that's why we see more things like the uh, invasive type plants because we're cutting back on our jungles and maybe not intentionally for a good chunk of us, but, you know, our government's doing it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's, it's really important to bring awareness of keeping our land of connecting back to it, nurturing the land and ourselves through care, um, through <coughs> through making uh, through planting our own foods, establishing that connection, so that way we can rely on our island and ourselves in order to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and it it really concerns me too because you know. Uh, there are some things that um, pharma or Western medicine can't heal. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, there's some really, like, uh, there are big issues uh, that come up for people, but sometimes it's um, it's the simple omit that can do the trick rather than... <laughs> oh, it's, it's so true. Y you and I know, right? The, the omit, it really helps people and our youth and um, the older generation, and it's really irreplaceable. And way much better than pharma and um, you know pills and all that that it does. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely weird times, and and we have to really go back to um, 
revering land and our resources as a living ancestor it is a living being I, I i like to tell my kids like this is nana this earth is nana and when we're planting we want to make sure that we're respecting her and treating her well you mm-hmm. know just because like she's relative you know and it's really sad that even people are you know are now i don't know f- forced to sell their their family f- their family land and mm-hmm. lose that generation you know yeah. it's sad that a lot of the, our friends that we know have lost land um, prime farming land mm-hmm. in areas that now you know the unite the government have taken and by eminent domain and you know uh, have disconnected from their ancestral farmlands and yeah yeah it's, it's really sad do you think that um in light of that type of situation that it's possible for us to still um reconnect with our island home through doing um like raised beds like let's say someone lost their property right and they have to move to like an apartment and if they wanted to start uh cultivating that connection back to nature do you think it's possible to nurture that relationship through that i do there's all when like you know where there's a will there's a way and if you're really wanting something then you would put all your energy into doing doing it you know um I do believe that there's there are ways that we can use raised beds and that are they're super beneficial. You know, raised beds are great. You're you're adding material in that are that's not that's maybe depleted from the area that you're at. You're adding it into the raised bed. You can grow lots of different things mm-hmm. in in that space. Um, there's also what is called natural farming, or I learned it. Korean natural farming and it's the mm-hmm. way that you obtain like microorganisms from the jungle and from mm-hmm. the Harlem tunnel that you can take those microbes and put it into your raised bed and it, mm-hmm. it kind of has it's where the microbes grow and increase the soil biology within the raised bed because you don't want to just go out and get a raised bed and buy you know sunshine mix number four because it's it's not soil really it's potting mix mm-hmm. and so by uh doing these techniques such as Korean natural farming or natural farming techniques where you take the microbes from the indigenous microorganisms from the jungle mm-hmm. and you bring it into your raised bed then you're able to grow and mm. grow more plants that way that be stronger yeah does that include like taking some of the soil yeah you can do it by just taking that's a very simple method just take the soil and in that hand of soil that you grab has like millions and millions of microbes and you put it into your soil raised bed but there's also mm-hmm. more um, technical ways that you can do it um, it's worth looking up I, it's it's really um, a lot to discuss here but yeah yeah okay and uh, you brought up a very good point I was buying the sunshine <laughs> it's expensive you know <laughs> it is but like I I didn't even realize that it wasn't soil because like I I was told that it was, so I I trusted (laughs) that it was, you know. Um, So what do you suggest then for someone who, like myself, who is trying to build a raised bed for her home? Okay, so there's... um if you have large large trees around your house, there you, you have a lot of fallen leaves, mm-hmm. um, and you can collect the leaves from under your trees and make a like a, a compost bin. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you put your uh, food waste scraps in the compost bin. You know, less meat. You don't want to attract rodents, so yeah. you don't want to put meat in it. 
and you turn that pile and it'll eventually build up a nice layer of soil. Mm -hmm. um, there's other faster ways too. There's a couple companies that sell large amounts of topsoil and compost. Mm -hmm. There's a Pacific Topsoil mm -hmm. and there's another gentleman, I forget his name at the moment, that also sells. But, I mean, it's pretty inexpensive. Mm. Uh, I think it's cheaper than buying Sunshine Mix. Mm. So if you have, like, a truck or you have access to a truck, they can load it up for you. Maybe, like, $25 for a whole truck bed load mm. of yeah. compost and topsoil. And, and that it can help really build your bed instead of um, just using potting mix. Okay, okay. So Pacific Topsoil is the one company to check out because um, they can either deliver to you or you can bring your own buckets or bags if you have a car. Mm -hmm. I think you did this, right? Before? Yeah. I Before I had the truck, I was um, bringing like three or four five-gallon buckets yeah. and I would use that. But um, I feel like my compost has changed over time. Um, so, so like... I know that it has a couple of buggies in there that like help turn things over yeah. but like rather than seeing more of that sometimes I see sprouts coming up and I'm like that's not supposed to happen <laughs> that's a good sign that oh. means it's fertile I mean you're you're already starting your your sprouts over there okay <laughs> now you just have to identify who it is and put her in the right place <laughs> You put your uh, cucumber scraps in your compost pile and it starts growing cucumbers, just smooth it out and, you know. Yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I, I love cherry tomatoes. And um, I, I've i had two, two cher cherry tomato plants grow and um, I thought that I lost I lost them totally because um, where it was located, the bugs got to it. And then um, I was... I was watering the plants near my mom's window and, and all of a sudden I saw the, the sprout of the cherry tomatoes like, <gasps> <laughs> you're oh, here! That's magic. <laughs> that's, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I've even, um, just recently, my, my mom's been bugging me to uh, let her cut the grass, but I've been like, no, you gotta wait because there's Amit in the grass that I'm, I'm waiting to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, dri I drive to a nuts because... <laughs> I like put coconut shells around in different places they are like don't cut here <laughs> he's at a point where he's just frustrated he's like okay the grass is just gonna grow because <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore I think my mom's there too but like I was cracking up because like you know I was I was pulling like Golandrina the Magu Lalu and I also had a Mumutung Palawan and that's mint for whoever isn't aware it's a type of mint and before I had the tree and then they were doing some renovation and they moved my tree without me knowing. Oh, no. And so like it it slowly died. And then um, when I was pulling Golandrina the other day, I saw two little sprouts. I was like, oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> they always come back. Yeah. So I was, I was talking to it like while I'm um, shoveling. I wasn't um, trying to pull it out directly but i was taking my shovel i'm digging around it and i'm like please come with me i promise we'll do better this time around <laughs> i won't let them take you again <laughs> yeah so yeah that uh, i know we went off on a tangent yeah, there but sorry. it's no it's okay <laughs> but it, this is why it's important for us to really um start uh becoming more 
connected to our land and taking the time to um, step outside to I feel like even just like cleaning up your your garden and pulling out the weeds uh, starting there so you can figure out where you want to plant even flowers if it, if that's your thing yeah. uh, and um, or planting or figure out where you want to put your herb garden or something like that it's like the first steps but like it leads to the larger steps mm -hmm. of um, environmental awareness because then you'll see how when you're more in tune to the macro of what's what's around you you become more aware of what's exactly bigger exactly. and then yeah it's i don't know when you start connecting to your plants and your herbs it, uh, it it's kind of heart-wrenching to see what's going on with our outside environment like i i'm happy to see some healthy coconut trees and then when i see the ones that are you know sick it's just like oh, that's the that's the fruit of life yeah so. <coughs> do you think we can ever get um our coconut trees to a better state i do i i've not given up on it i you know i've worked with the coconut rhino beetle project for like four years mm. um i think we've killed more coconut trees just by a chainsaw more than mm. the actual beetle yeah um because I've come to the realization that there's also a purpose for the beetle too, and and uh, and maybe it's for us to like shift our focus back to the coconut trees and and. Okay, we're back. My battery died, and that's my fault. But <laughs> we were saved. Thanks, Jess, for providing the batteries. No problem. Um, so uh, we were talking about. Uh, do you think that we can save or help help our coconut trees come back to a healthier state than they are now? I do, I do. I do believe that um, people are paying attention more to the coconut tree, especially now, um, you know, in the past few years, the rhino beetle has attacked it and like more attention has been focused on the coconut tree. And I think within my circle I know that we really make use of the coconut tree a lot more and um, you know and just in this past week actually people have asked me how do I how do I protect my my tree and what do I you know spray how do I treat it how do I take care of it and so I, I think within um, my circles or you know people I've talked to they're really paying a lot more attention to it now and being in, intentional with taking care of it and using it mm -hmm. Um, and, and planting, especially the tress onyx tree, knowing that it would produce fruit in the next three years. Mm -hmm. And so I do, I do believe that. I always want to have, you know, uh, that maintain that positive uh, attitude that we can revive it. And yeah. Um, and so then what ways would you suggest, uh, I guess, simple ways that people can start to protect or help our coconut trees? Uh, in, in the simplest way, I, I believe, just use it more, mm. um, pay more attention to it, show it more love, like mm. uh, give good energy to it, um, you know, make use of it. Yeah, it, we we see it around so much. Maybe we take it, we um, we definitely take it for granted. Take it for granted. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. And so, using it more, I think by paying attention, paying attention to it more, um, we're just going to bring more life to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have heard that um, when when there's a plant that 
either flowers or gives fruit, the more that you um, pick its fruit or, or trim its flowers, the more that it feels that you know you appreciate it oh. and that you love it so i agree with that totally and that's for all plants you really notice that yeah yeah i mean it's like for example the calamansi tree like some people say oh i have this calamansi tree and it only produces fruit at the way way top and i can't pick it so i don't pick it and and the reason why it does it all the way up there is because you're not paying attention to it right mm. and if you cut it back down and you prune the leaves the the roots start stretching out it's giving it new life again it's reaching mm. out for nutrients mm. it brings back the love and you know produces more so mm. paying attention to it yeah we're we're gonna bring it back yay okay and so while we were waiting for the batteries we we, we had a little discussion and um uh when i got here the the lovely farmers here at the Chaitan farm offered me some flowered zucchini, some fried zucchini flowers, and it was super tasty, super good. And um, so we talked about zucchinis because I had uh, I had tried it, and Jess gave me some great information, <laughs> great information on the store bought zucchinis. So do you mind sharing that? <laughs> oh. Okay, yes. So there's definitely some. Uh, fruits and veggies out there that I am really super conscious to buy. I mean, um, you know, uh, hesitant to buy in the store if it's not natural or or organically grown. And from growing zucchini here on the farm, I I know we are an organic farm. We know that a lot of bugs love to eat zucchinis. There's bugs on the bottom of the leaves. There's bugs that eat the fruit Mm. um, and the flowers. So it's a really heavily uh, infested plant if you if you if you know anything about it and so knowing that in the stores you get some really nice beautiful zucchini they're huge mm-hmm. um, they look like blemish free i know for a fact that they have been sprayed and like there's a lot of pesticide that has gone into it because things are just not that perfect mm-hmm. um, and yeah so that's yeah and that's in direct line with our topic today because, you know, food is medicine. It's the first medicine. It's everything that we eat to maintain our body. And so, um, you know, if if it's if it's too perfect, like she's saying, and, and she's grown it out in nature and it's not like that, what does that say? Yeah, <laughs> it, it says it's, it's important for you to know your farmer and know <laughs> where your food comes from and how it's grown and... Uh, be conscious of that too because I mean a a vegetable is not just a vegetable all the time you know it's how it's grown and who's grown it and the intention of of growing it Mm -hmm. is something really we should all pay attention to for our health I'd really like to invite our our audience today to to um to do a couple things first of all try and become more aware of how you feel when you eat the food that you eat. See how you feel when you eat the healthier foods as compared to when you eat the more processed foods. So like as an example, I'd love I love stacks, but every time that I go to stacks and I have that burger, I feel so lazy and lethargic and it lasts me days. <laughs> Whereas if I'm um, consistently eating my greens and uh, or fasting, then my energy is much higher. So one, yeah, take, take note of how you feel with what you eat. And then two, 
make some time to support your local farmers. You know, they they do a lot of hard work, <laughs> a lot of hard work, and the support goes both ways. You're helping them put food on the table, get the supplies they need for the farm, possibly, and they're giving you food that is filled with love, with nutrients. And three, think about a way that you can get back to nature, whether it is starting a little herb garden, whether it is helping your community garden or coming and volunteering at the farm. Um, any of these are a great way to reconnect to nature, to come back to building community, which is what our people were all about, um, especially before <laughs> colonizers came around, you know. Um, just made a great point earlier that um, you know if um, someone was growing food a particular type of food and another would grow a different type of food and there would be a barter and trade system and we'd both love for that to come back yes yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, we were thinking about our um, you know our not so ancient ancestors just you know within the last 70 years we've we've come to rely a lot on imports but before that we were feeding our the colonizers and the visit you know people that have visited our islands we had fed them from what we've had here on island and it, and that wasn't by huge uh, you know corporate farms or like monocultures that was by you know um, small niche community gardens or um, backyard farms that people have have grown so maybe anti you know anti Josepha or something was growing a lot of um, watermelons and Uncle Tso was growing a lot of cucumbers and they would trade, you know, mm -hmm. just, just those small little things. And I think we need to bring that back for to sure. barter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's needed in these times. And like, while, while the times are a little more challenging, the only way that we can really, truly survive and thrive is by supporting each other and supporting our earth by putting into each other and putting into our earth so yes. so yeah that's um that's our episode today awesome. <laughs> thanks jess for being present with me and you. sharing your information is there anything you want to touch on before we fully wrap it up um no i think this has been really fun and i thank you for having me and super grateful for the time and and remember food is medicine and we'll keep uh, eating healthy for ourselves and our families and yeah thank well, you thank you all right everyone adios, adios. until the next time <laughs>